Welcome into episode 10 of the Bluest Tape. Jeff, we made it. 10 episodes. <laughs> Look at that. It's amazing. I didn't know if we'd make it past one. Uh, I'm Harvey Couch. That was Jeff Kolath, and uh, we appreciate everybody joining us. Um, we are going to continue the theme of last week, which was sort of a uh, spinoff of the theme from uh, our Colonel Bruce episode, which was uh, playing with intention. Uh, that seemed to be uh, a theme that kept coming up during that uh, during that show, both things that, that Colonel Bruce talked about, and um, I know Jeff Hansen mentioned it several times in our conversation about uh, not only playing with intention, but living with intention, but... Um, so last last uh, week we covered uh, Mon- Monroe, Louisiana, October fourteenth, nineteen ninety six, and then uh, the boys' first trip uh, overseas to um, to Australia and uh, the Great Northern Hotel uh, on March eighth, nineteen ninety eight. So we'll pick things up this week uh, with the next show that they played. Uh, not the next night; they took a night off on March 9th and came back on March tenth uh, in Adelaide. Our, our, Adelaide, Australia. Say that four times fast. And um, another really good one set show here from Down Under. Yeah. And this is one that um, did circulate quite a bit. I had this had this tape and I think I was excited to get it because of the segment we're going to play tonight, which is drums featuring uh, some some guy in Didgeridoo, um, which was sort of a, you know, the only time, at least one of, I shouldn't say the only time, but um uh, maybe the first time that a didgeridoo showed up at a widespread panic show. Yeah. John um, Yaku. And, and I think, you know, I mean, cause you know, Sonny brings that out and I, and yes. I mean that, that I think was a result of, of this tour. Right. I mean, my recollection was that, that, that if not like spring 98, like really soon after that, that Sonny got his mm-hmm. hands on a didgeridoo. Yeah. And again, that it's, he plays it at the start of the second set in Halloween, Halloween 98. Um, that's what I, the, the, the show that always comes to mind, um, with that. So, but yeah, this is a good show and we've got, um, starts off with a nice, uh, let's get the show on the road opener. And, uh, we're going to play a section from a little bit later in the show. Um, again, another one set show and, uh, we've got, um, selection again, tie your shoes, which is a song that we played, we played at least once, if not twice now. I've lost track of all the set lists. I still need to get that intern to make me a laminated sheet um, to see what we played. Um, but tie your shoes and then push your man into this drum segment with, uh, with the didgeridoo and Mr. John Yaku. And then um, going into uh, a walk on gilded splinters. And, and Harvey, you've... We're listening to it, and you picked up on, on a couple of things that uh, raps and other things that are in the show, but we can't really figure out what they're saying, <laughs> what JB is saying, well, can we? Yeah. So first first thing, live fact check. Uh, this will be the first tire shoes since the very first episode from uh, the Columbia, Missouri 32696 ah, okay. show. But um, yeah, if anybody can make out, so there's a, JB does sort of a, I mean, he, it sounds like a song, but I mean, it's sort of a jam and he does a little rap uh, after Tire Shoes. So if anybody knows what that is uh, or, you know, please let us know. Um, and then I, I really love after after drums, you can hear like an Australian native talking to the taper. And um, how I, I think what he's saying is like, are, are you allowed to tape maybe? And then, but then he says something about like, is this coming out of space? 
Like so, that, those are my guesses of what of what he said. <laughs> I'm sure I'm completely wrong. If anybody else you know speaks Australian, um, let us know what what he says. <laughs> speaks speaks Australian because they speak a totally different language than we do. It, um, it was not American, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> That's true. Um, and actually, it's you know, I, I they had the day off because for like me that don't know a lot about Australian uh, geography um, by car. It's about, according to Google maps, it's about 21 hours Holy from Byron Bay to, to Adelaide. Wow. So they it's left after the show was over and got there just in time to play. Good grief. 1933 kilometers, according to Google maps. Damn. Um, it's a three, about, it looks like it's about a three hour flight. So again, maybe this was be- with the strip down, gear maybe they the band might have flown and then they might have sent the equipment truck or whatever on ahead which would be a very sort of old school way of of doing things uh for some bands Mm. but um yeah it's a it's a good show in another small venue another hotel a nightclub type thing it's called the governor hindmarsh or hindmarsh which according to the google machine was the first governor of south australia so Mm. there's fun fun fact for everybody um but the club apparently has been around for, you know, 170 years in some fashion. Started off as sort of a saloon type place and um, it's continued on as a nightclub and they still have live music there today. So, um, but again, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't pick up, uh, they didn't pick up the throng of fans that were in Byron Bay the night before and carry them, <laughs> carry them with them to Adelaide. They lost a hundred somewhere <laughs> along the way. Uh, My guess is that they, but, they lost all of them and added a hundred new ones. <laughs> yeah. And then they, you know, then the next night they're in Melbourne, which is sort of kind of headed back in the direction of Byron South, but headed back towards the, the coast, the, uh, the east coast of australia so anyway let's get started with this selection from march 10th 1998 uh, widespread panic at the governor hindmarsh in uh adelaide australia
March 10th, 1998, from the Governor Hindmarsh in Adelaide, Australia, the booming metropolis. Um, that was a widespread panic. Uh, late, late part of the first, or the only set, uh, you heard um, Tie Your Shoes, uh, Into Pusher Man, Into Drums, uh, and then Gilded Splinters with the uh, drums featuring John Yaku on Didgeridoo and According to the Everyday Companion, there were approximately 100 people in attendance. Except they lost they lost 100 fans from the night before mm-hmm. in Byron Bay, I guess. Couldn't make but, the couldn't know, make the trek. Uh, make the, the, the other, other kind of cool thing on the on the Everyday Companion is that the the uh, sound check was "You'll be fine, JB only." <laughs> yeah, is, you know, it's sort of an interesting. Uh, it is. It is. Um, yeah, and that's obviously by March of 98, the song had been in rotation since um, fall of that year. I think the first the first one was what, Nine, September... 915, September, 97. 915, yeah. 97, so. Um, so that's interesting. And, you know, we were talking about how the last, the, the source for the last um, show, the uh, we talked about March 8, was this was the Sony, was the UCM into the D6, and it's the same source for this show. So Maybe one either, person made the trip. One the, or they shipped one it, person. Right? <laughs> Kangaroo yeah, they, Express. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, Adelaide is a huge city. It's over a million people, and they could only turn a hundred folks out for this show. I guess they need they needed a they needed a poster team or, or something. The street but, team was not getting it done. Street team. So, but yeah, it's another good show. Um, love the Let's Get the Show on the Road opener. Um, a nice Holden, you got yours, and then of course the selection that we just played too, and um. It's a good show. This is a good tour. I wish I wish some more. Some I wish the rest of the tapes would um would come out so we could hear what some of the other ones uh some of the other ones sound like and what some of the other stuff they played was. What what are your what do you think the strategy was? Because they never went back to Australia um, after this tour. I mean, uh, you know, as a as a band band member or you know as a staff member of brown cat or whoever like is the goal to just pay for the trip or are you like actually trying to develop a, a following you know what or is just like oh you know it'd be kind of cool to go to australia and if we can you know play some shows and make enough money to make it worthwhile then you know heck yeah it's probably the i mean the venues that they're playing are small. I mean, they're not big places and clearly the promotion wasn't slightly a little lacking, lacking to get up stronger, you know, front gate for, 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 um, for the venues. And so, you know, I'd be interested to know what the guarantees were for these shows. I'd be interested to know maybe it was, you know, they had a, they, they, you know, they might management might've cut a deal with a booker in Australia and New Zealand and just, you know, it might have been something. It might have been a travel. We'll cover your travel if you come down. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, if somebody out there knows, I'd be interested in interested in knowing. But again, they they didn't go back. Um, there's no real strong evidence of of radio or TV promotion of any or anything that came out of it. You think if there were, obviously there would be some evidence of it um, on the yeah, on which YouTube is, which is sort video. Of, yeah, and, and which is sort of opposite to what the 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 sort of second part of this uh, tour, you know, when they did the ten nights in Paris, mm-hmm. where you know there was some there was some French media stuff, and then 
and then they went back uh, in June. You know, so they did mm-hmm. March uh, in Paris, and then did a you know Amsterdam, Hamburg, and London, and then went back again in June and did some of the, um, the you know some other venues there, but also did some of like the festival um, festival shows. So it seemed like that was more of a strategic, um, you know, try to maybe build a little, but obviously, you know, it's a different, uh, is more of a Western culture there. Yeah. And I think, you know, I just said that maybe the booker, there's a booker that paid for them to get there. A lot of times I know, and with the folks that I work with, um, here in Memphis that when they go to Europe, you know, basically the deal is you, if you get yourself here, we will take care of you while you are here. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those things too. So who knows? Again, I'm sure obviously there was a desire to go. I mean, if you can go and play music and go see a part of the world you've never seen before. Um, but yeah, there definitely seemed to be a big push um, either from management or from Capricorn itself to get these guys broken and or break them in different countries and different parts of the world um, here, here in 98. So um yeah, again, I you know, the Chesterfield shows, I know a little bit about them. And again, I think we both know some of the folks that spent a lot of time there. But attendance for those shows couldn't have been that much more, really. I mean, is that how big was that place that they played at there? Um, I don't know. We would have to, you know, maybe we can get one of those guys, uh, you know, to come on the show and, and we can play, play some of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it was a whole lot bigger. I, I would, you know probably less, you know, less than a thousand, I think, um, Mm -hmm. you know, a few hundred, but, but I think it was, you know, I think it was full most nights, you know, so it probably felt like more, um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, and obviously a lot of Americans there too, to help fill out the crowd. So, well, all right. So let's go on to our, our second show. And I will say Harvey, I'm very excited for this show for us to play this show and you can ask my wife how I rarely use the word excited um, <laughs> but this is um, this is a show that I remember in the days of Spreadnet uh, when the show came across you know the set list came across the set list, the set list looked great and I, there were some notes show notes at the bottom of the review and it was basically and I remember it sort of being sp- sparse attendance you know a few hundred people tops that were there at this thing and it's 11 november 16th 1998 uh at suny buffalo up in new york um a campus show and it's another monday night show which we talked about last week you know the uh the monroe louisiana show is on a monday night but one of the things that's interesting about this show is it's after two canceled shows um 11 14 in detroit and then 11 15 in toronto and I was trying to go back into the, the the memory bank and try to see if I could surmise a reason why those shows got canceled. And I can't, I can't for the life of me remember. Um, so hopefully someday we'll get the Spreadnet archives up online somewhere to uh, to to help us recall some of that stuff. But um, this well, is know, a. What's also interesting, just a, a side note, looking at the at the canceled shows. Um, two years later they came back to buffalo august 2nd 2000 and that show was canceled due to lack of ticket sales sure and they had played in buffalo our summer tour of 96 they did the show um the outdoor uh the the outdoor show was when they canceled in 2000 they had done the show in 
June. Was that I think it was a f- outdoor show in in '96 too. But that's the a great pier. show. Yeah. The pier, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. But this was this show that we're about to play is the last time they were. Uh, ever played a show in Buffalo except for the time they scheduled one and canceled it due to lack of ticket sales in 2000 mm-hmm. and they played there once in 94 um, and then 96, 98 and then canceled 2000 they haven't been back since that might be a good uh, uh, we could ask uh, maybe ask Jeff Hansen you know because he was he was going with those guys in the summer of 2000 what you know mm-hmm. how that how that shook out um but this show is is a fun show, and I think maybe we'll talk about it. We can talk about the the, the show itself after we play it, because I don't I want people to enjoy it without our editorial comments. If that's okay with you, Harvey, I'm making a I'm making a management decision here. Looks like the decision um, has been made. But I'm used <laughs> to that. I'm married. <laughs> so we are going to uh, jump right in at the start of the second set. Uh, November 16th, 1998, and I will just say that you're going to go on a journey starting with Proving Ground, and you're going to end up back at Proving Ground, but all the stuff that's in, in between is really pretty fantastic, so enjoy.
November 16th, 1998 at SUNY Buffalo, Buffalo, New York, the very last time that Widespread Panic appeared uh, in Buffalo, New York. Uh, you just heard the beginning of the second set, and that was Proving Ground, Fixin' to Die, one Arm Steve, Fishwater, Proving Ground. Jeff, you're pretty excited about this. I am. This is a great... This is one of the reasons why it's fun to do this podcast is is to rediscover some things rediscover some shows you haven't listened to in a while and there is first of all it's one of the better sounding tapes from fall of 98 which those of you that went to shows in fall of 98 will recall um danny was still the sound guy at that point in time and so that was two that was prime schools bombs Uh and and just sort of not not great. And they're they're playing sound. bigger rooms too. They're playing you know, bigger yeah. rooms and the and the sound just suffered a lot a lot of times until they got their new rig, which I think came if I recall, it came really soon after this show. I feel like they might have started it started with it in New York, um and just later yeah, on this week my, actually. If I had to guess like eleven twenty or something. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like that's where it's sort of, they got the new PA and things started to shift. So, the, but this is prime, like two things I remember from going to shows in fall of 98 were schools bombs and then the turn JB up stickers that were around all the time. Right. And this yep. show JB is up way high and he is doing some <laughs> really cool stuff um, yeah. in this, in, in this show, just before the transition um, into or improving into fixing to die, which is a great version of fixing to die. And of course it's fitting, obviously, since we're talking about, um, Colonel Bruce here and the slide stuff that he's doing on Fishwater is just, I mean, it's a, the Fishwater is great. It's 15 minutes and JB is all over that thing. So it is, it's, it's, it's a fun five song opener here for this, uh, for this set. Yeah, for sure. Like I looking at, you know, when, we decided to, to include the show, you know, I went back to listen to it to, to, you know, pick out what's what section or make, at least make a suggestion. And, and in the first set, the, um, the radio child, let it rock, sleepy monkey way to the world is really good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh no, that's, you know, I think that's what we should do. And even looking at the set list, it was like, you know, we just did fixing to die. Like we just did the Colonel Bruce show. Um, you know, we probably shouldn't play it again. Um, but then, you know, I was listening to the second set and just listening to the proving ground and the fixing to die. I was like, when you talk about playing with intention, I mean, like those guys were just like raging. And, and, And the fact that like, that they, you know, they were playing this show that's lightly attended and, you know, the Colonel always said play with intention and that's absolutely what they're doing. And they, play fixing to die yeah it's i just thought it was too there was too much you know synchronicity happening to to leave that out and again it's just sort of like it's a monday night show after two canceled gigs the show and again i would like to i can't put this together and so if somebody out there can that's great but the last show before this was at washington and lee so was the routing actually Virginia to Michigan to Toronto to Buffalo in four days, uh, which is that's tough. Um, but the last time they had played, you know, last show they had played was on the, on the thirteenth, and then after this show they go to the Calvin Theater in Northampton, Massachusetts, which is another great show. 
Um, and then a couple of days later that the Flynn in Burlington, where they do the massive sit in with, with the jazz is dead guys. And, jazz then, is dead, yeah. and then the show and, um, November 21st in, in New York too. So, I mean, that's a great, a great little run to close out fall 98, which is a really, which is a good tour. Um, I don't know if it lives, it's all time Pantheon tours, but, um, I saw a bunch of shows that tour and had a lot of fun, but I think this is, this is one of the, this is one of the best, if not the best show from that tour outside of Halloween. And, and then those, that run of Southeast shows, um, 11, two, um, three, five and six. Yeah. And, but, you know, and then nothing away, you know, the, the end of the tour was, was pretty good too with, um, you know, uh, the New York shows and then the palace show was really good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, was it Chattanooga? Is that how they finished up? Love 25. And then they did the um, two in um, Chicago for Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, so um, those are all, those are all really good. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean the, the, I love like, I love proving ground sandwiches and I mean, I just love like the, when they drop back into it, um, there's so much build up and release. Mm-hmm. And um, this was l- looking back, um, this was the first time they played a proving ground sandwich with more than one song in the middle. Hmm. Um, that it kind of became a little more common, especially not just with proving ground, but with other songs, it seemed like they, the sandwiches got bigger later. Um, but yeah, no, this was a, this was actually the very first time they, they'd done like they would do one song in drums and back into proving ground, but this is the first time there was ever more than one song, uh, in a, in a proving ground sandwich. So sort of a, a double decker, sandwich <laughs> and um and there's a you know closing out proving ground there's a really nice schools bomb in there um that doesn't go it doesn't distort it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> which is also rare it doesn't rattle your chest <laughs> yeah it doesn't um, rattle but it's yeah it's a good show you know obviously it's the first fixing to die they had played since sit and ski and then they didn't play it again for you know, I think about 72 shows or something like that. So it was a nice rarity and they, they made the most of it that, uh, you know, they played, play that song so sparingly. Yeah. And the other thing that was, um, that was sort of interesting was at the end of Fishwater was, uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess it, it's not in everyday companion. We'll have to let those guys know, but I mean, there's pretty clearly a, a thought sausage rap. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, sure. it's really almost, it's almost like a thought sausage, you know, jam i mean because they really are almost playing the song and he definitely you know sings more than a couple words to it it's a lot um, of says stirred in the sauce kind of all over but he's definitely you know to start with but he's definitely formulating some verses or what what would become verses for that song later on so yeah and that was something that it, you know he had uh you know sung a few words here and there uh over the years but um it was interesting to see that they they you know this this show, and then uh, eleven nineteen and eleven twenty one. There were thought sausage raps during Fishwater. Three straight, uh, three straight times they played Fishwater. So mm-hmm. um, he was, you know, that was the vessel, I guess, at that moment. <laughs> so that wraps up episode episode ten of yeah the bluest tape. We've we've made it. We've made it this far. And I think we'll, we'll we'll keep going. And again, we're really appreciative of of everybody of everybody who um, has, has tuned in, listened in, downloaded, told their friends about it. Um, the thanks again to all the tapers for 
all the hard work that they did going to Monroe, Louisiana and Buffalo, New York on Monday nights, making some really great sounding tapes for us to and Adelaide, Australia to and <laughs> driving from Byron Bay to Adelaide, Australia, apparently <laughs> maybe they flew. Um, but anyway, it's a really good, um, this has been, you know, sort of a, a fun activity for both of us, I think. And, um, but again, it's just exciting to bring, bring to light some of these shows that folks might not know so much about. And again, thanks to the Everyday Companion and Panic Stream for the great resources they are too. Yeah. And, and just sort of bring it all back again. The last two, two episodes we've been, um, looking back at shows that were, um, you know, sparsely attended, but where the band, uh, responded, um, by you know dialing dialing it in and, and playing like they're you know 10 20, people in the crowd and that was just like uh Colonel Bruce talked about and so uh that was, that was you know his lasting uh memory was influencing these two shows that we just did these uh, last two episodes all right well thank you all so much again for listening and we'll see you next week here at the bluest tape follow us on facebook twitter and uh and and download us on on itunes and, and thank you again for the support really appreciate it